And he was like, I want to connect like how you convert that experience into something positive and how you're passing that to your students now. You know what I'm trying to say to teach them, hey, listen, I was a dancer. I was doing theater. I was doing musical theater. I was acting. This happened to me and this is how to turn around. Now, what I dedicate my life to is teaching traveling, getting my experience to other people. So when whoever gets to be in a situation like mine, know that there's always an option for you. I'm Priscilla Pfeiffer, and welcome to Spark Your Inner Fire, a podcast for artists, performers, and closet creatives. You bring a lighter, and I'll bring the fuel. It's time to spark your inner fire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spark Your Inner Fire podcast. I have a special guest today, Brian Mueka. He is a dancer, dance teacher, choreographer, amazing human being. Welcome, Brian. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Well, I'm Brian Mueca. I'm from Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm a dance teacher and choreographer. Yeah. You choreograph and teach in Las Vegas, correct? Yeah. I'm currently um, uh, run a studio. I am their company director. So under my belt, I have 148 kids in company, which means like competitive. And then at the studio, we have a little bit over 600 students uh, on the studio. So yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to handle. A lot. Like 92 dances to choreograph every season. Pretty fun. That takes a lot of leadership <laughs> skills in addition, I imagine. I, I guess I'll call it a lot of, um, how you call that? Leadership, but also like, uh, having a good team, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, of course we cannot do it all. Me, between me, myself and uh, the artistic director, uh, we have a good team and we kind of like assign and say, oh, you work with this team and we just overview, but it's impossible to do it all. Yeah. So my understanding is that you came from the corporate. You weren't always a choreographer, were you? No. So I, I, I mean, I started dancing when I was uh, 14. I did musical theater first. I did um, acting. I did uh, prank shows in Puerto Rico. I did uh, little acting scenes. That was my forte. Like I always wanted to do musical theater. But then um, I went to school um, in Puerto Rico for high school um, education, right? Uh, dance and theater. And then uh, I started teaching in Puerto Rico. I moved to the States for health reasons and all that. And I I booked my first job. Oh, I, well, I didn't book because it's not artist yet. I, I got hired to work in a behavioral health agency as their um, administrative manager. So I had over 90 something employees under me uh, doing HR paperwork, doing uh, federal funds um, paperwork, uh, supervising, making sure kids were receiving um, all the benefit, like the, the services they needed it with their, with their benefits and all that. And then after that, I worked for four years for Wyndham Worldwide as their guest services manager. And there is like a complete different monster hospitality, just like webinars. I went to Orlando for almost three months to live in Orlando so I can go to their corporate office and learn a new program. So yeah, like I did corporate first, like suit and tie, eight, wow. eight to five every day. <laughs> So what made you make the transition? You know, um, as an artist, like I always, I always, I try to keep a balance between both jobs, right? I did my job like seven to three, uh, eight to five. Thank God I was like super um, lucky to have always a boss that was super supportive with the art. And she was like, if you need to have the weekends off, you get the weekends off. I literally got hired for Windham. And my only thing was I'll accept the job, but I need to be off 
at 3.30 and I need to have Saturdays and Sunday. And I mean, you know, hospitality in, in Vegas, like who has Sunday and Saturday and Sunday off? Nobody. When the new guy got that weekend off and, uh, and I was able to keep a balance, you know, I was able to um, finish at 3.30, get my tie off and my suit and just put my sweatpants and, and um, dance shoes. And, um, and I was teaching. I was teaching dance until like eight or nine. And I had that for like almost eight years. And after two years now, I decided I just wanted to leave from what I love. Mm-hmm. Let me clarify. I do love uh, corporate. Wyndham was an amazing company to me. They give me the best benefits, the best experiences, exposure. I went to many different conventions and stuff, but I felt like I wanted to do this full time. I wanted to create, I wanted to um, find more time to be with my students so I can guide them to college or getting hired for a professional dance company. And I felt like it got to the point that I was getting older and I was like, am I going to be successful at both or I'm going to be good at both? You know what I'm trying to say? And I was like, do I want to be more empowered doing one thing versus trying to balance both things, you know? and Splitting your attention. Right. And I was like, and my dad always tell me, if you want to be a good teacher, you got to be the best teacher out there. Mm. And he was like, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah. Like the money's important. The benefits are important, but your health and your happiness is also important. And, and two years ago, two years ago, I just literally just say, I am going to do it. I'm going to do it and I'm just going to teach dance and I quit my job and that's it and started traveling and then I was afraid too because then you don't know the opportunities that you're missing until you cleared up your calendar and say oh my god there's more opportunities on my first year like only doing dance I I was invited as a guest choreographer nine times within the six month period of time so that's extra money, that's extra exposure. I've been to Colombia, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, um, Canada, um, a bunch of states, California, Arizona, Utah, uh, oh. Michigan, Illinois, and, and then out at Arkansas. Like I never thought I was gonna go to Arkansas to teach. <laughs> and then, you know, like and then I was just like, so it's out there, you know, mm-hmm. you just gotta be willing to put the time and the effort in. And I'm I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah, I'm an artist. I'm always like like self-conscious I'm like I'm not doing a great job watch my dances many times but now I'm investing my 24 hours into one thing and I feel a little bit more successful you know that must have been scary making that leap because corporate's very secure and then taking that jump for something you're so passionate about like that takes courage yeah well at the beginning I was like I talked to my boss at the corporate office and I was like, Hey, I'm giving you a month notice. And she was like, can you just work part-time for me and be a manager still? And I'm like, no, I can't. And she was like, okay, how about if you keep your job until you feel like you're getting the deal that you want? Cause of course negotiations, negotiations started. Mm-hmm. How much do you want Brian at the, at the dance uh, to be the director? And I said, this is how much I want. And you go back and forth. And my boss at the corporate job was like, I'm not pressuring you. You leave when you feel like she was like, I want you here, you know, but the, the mental relief that I got after I felt the support from my corporate job into my dance job, what my, what that, that was the key for me to feel, okay, I'm safe mm-hmm. and I'm safe because I know I'm passionate and I committed regardless if I'm at this location at this studio, two weeks, two months, two years, 10 years, 
I know I'm going to do a good job because I love what I do. Right. And, um, you know, seeing the reaction of the kids and, and they wanted it more. And then I started getting more phone calls and, Hey, can you choreograph here? Can you do, I was like, okay, like that helped me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, personally, I'm my own worst critic, especially when it comes to my art. I know a lot of artists feel that way. Do you struggle with any, like, you know, maybe you didn't make the right decision. Like, do you ever battle that? Like going back and forth? Right. I I do, you know, um, I like to get inspired by, by everything. I think I get inspired by talking to you. I get inspired by looking out of the window. I get inspired from a book, from a picture. I get inspired from other artists as well. I think the challenging part for me is that the the competitive dance world it's that is competition so it's kind of like funky a funky feeling because you're choreographing group routines or solos or duos or trios whatever it is that you're choreographing to be judged on the stage in a certain amount of time like a judge is not taking consideration the work that you do behind the scenes and it's part of the job you know what i'm trying to say like it's part of the job to go out there but what i always try to tell myself is that you know that's what art is art is a open mind concept where people go and do what they feel makes them feel alive. Right. And I always try to tell my kids, you want to go on stage to be the best version of yourself. Mm. Not every solo, not every group number, it's meant to win. You know what I'm trying to say? Your solo might just challenge you in a way that is not necessarily to score first place, but it's going to make you get out of your comfort zone. It might get you ready. Like, I mean, I have, um, one of my nephews, um, his name is Abdel Figueroa. He's currently dancing with Horace Street in Chicago. When he was a competitive dancer, he never placed in the top 10. I think he would rarely place like eighth, ninth, never got into the finals and the nationals. And out of all my students, he's been the number one and only one to book a job with a professional dance contemporary company in the States. Incredible. And then I, we go back now and I try to tell my current students, you guys, like, you might not understand this, but, and I always tell his story because he went through the same thing. He will cry rivers after each competition, like, but people don't like me. And I'm like, listen, it's not that they don't like you, it's you're just a different artist, you know what I'm trying to say? And now I tell him, I was like, look back, tell me who has a, like, I mean, he's literally 21. He's dancing with people that have been dancers professionally in professional companies. 17 15 years wow like he got called to do the netherlands dance theater callback out of a thousand th- people oh my goodness he was amazing. called to go to the netherlands you know what i'm saying so i always try to like make sure people understand that art is that it's just it's just how we feel in a different day like maybe today i want to cry off to something sad and yeah. but i always think about what i do and i'm like is it good enough and then i'm like you know what it has to be impactful for my families and for my students and as long as i'm learning in the process it should be okay (laughs) and and art is subjective to the viewer you know it's like there's plenty of even paintings that move someone else it doesn't move me and vice versa so that must be challenging in the in the competitive realm because people are judging you with their opinion and it doesn't make your what you did any less valuable And I can imagine watching your students go through that, you know, kind of mental battle of their inner critic and maybe I'm not good enough. What do you tell them? Like, I mean, I know you you mentioned you 
you, you talk about the stories, but um, how do you, do you sit down with them? Like, how do you, how do you coach them through that? Right. So the, it has to come from a, from a place where the culture is more supportive and empowering. You know, there are studios and, you know, I respect everyone, you know, and people have different ways to teach and approach to address this kind of issues with their students. But I always want to provide a place where the kids feel comfortable to come to me to express how they feel, regardless if it's related to dance, personal, with their boyfriend, girlfriend, with their family, whatever. And, um, and in that process, I always try to explain kids uh, how is it that it works, my experience with my former students and how it goes, but they're young. And sometimes I just let their journey answer their own questions. Mm. So when they come with their doubt or questions to me, do you think it's, it's me? And I'm like, no, it's not you. It's just literally your solo is not meant for those judges. Then next competition, two weeks later, they play top two. Mm. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I told you. And then next competition, you might not even play. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it happened to me um, last year. We went to a, a big regional in uh, Escondido, California, and a girl won title of the competition, and she has never placed on the top three, and not even on that on that uh, on that season. And they were like, "I'm excited." And I'm like, and "You should be excited." There's space, time, and a moment for everyone, you know. And and it's again, it's subjective, is what you said. The judges that were there that day love her solo. Maybe the judges that were there in the competition prior just don't like contemporary or they might not feel like they're connect with like more an open concept that is more like abstract, you know, like it's so subjective. So there's a lot of under privates, how we call it when we teach solos, there's a lot of coaching, emotional coaching, physical, mm -hmm. and, um, and it's part of the process, but it's just letting their journey also answer their questions. Because you can tell, it's like telling a kid, don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. And they're going to do it. You're like, yeah, go climb that chair, fall and get up, get an open <laughs> out of your forehead. And then you're not going to do it again. You'll learn your lesson. <laughs> right. But, and, and it sounds funny, but it is what it is. You know, mm. they have to, they have to learn by experience. And it sounds sad, but it, it's, it's been proven now after teaching what, like almost 14 years now that the kids, the artists suffer a lot in the process, but I think it's part of the, of, of the, of the journey. Again, they have to cry, smile and be like, Mr. Brian told me when I was 16 and now there's me laughing about that moment when he told me, don't do it, you know? So, and it's yeah. that, that endure. I think that's really great that you take it from that angle because as artists, we have to build that endurance. I mean, we, we've got to have the tough skin because, because like we talked about earlier, the subjectiveness of, of our art and who's watching, we're going to well, be it, torn down constantly. And you know what? Um, the, the, misconception, uh, the misconception most of the time is that when people take dance classes, oh, you're going to be a dancer? Well, there's so many different areas that you can take advantage of by just training and dance all the way to your senior year. I try to tell people all the time, my dance career because of my health was never the longest one, but I dedicated myself to learn how to educate and provide opportunities. So people don't realize that by taking dance lessons, they can be a producer, they can be a choreographer, they can be an assistant, they can be a tour manager, they can uh, 
own a business. They can open their own dance competition. Like there's so many things you can do, but people only see it as like, well, I, I'm never going to be a great dancer. Well, you don't know that, <laughs> you know? I mean, I think people on the outside of our, our world, uh, you know, people who aren't dancers, they think, well, you're going to have a short career. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be a dancer. You're going to have to retire earlier. And that's like a, it's a mind screw for me for, I know a lot of dancers mm -hmm. around me. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this my whole life. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do next? And I think that's so valuable for you to bring that to their attention. That's like, well, when you can't dance anymore, you can still be part of it. You can still be part of the passion. It's part of who you, you are. Yeah. And that's something that nobody can take away from you. Mm. You know, the, the memories and the, the hustle that you go through as a dancer, as an artist, those are ones that will be there with you. They either will destroy you or build you. Mm. And you just got to be smart enough just to say, hey, this is going to make me stronger. One scarf more. Let's go to the next one. And it's never an easy, an easy path, right? But it's worth. And, and that's the other problem in uh, someone in Puerto Rico, you know, I mentioned I was from Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Um, someone in Puerto Rico that um, used to be one of my students is saying like, we're missing, we're missing more kids going to school for dance, for art. And it's because they're taking away all those fundings and that goes toward that in the school. So people don't grow with that of respect. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, like I, I'm, I'm used to go see plays. I'm used to go see like a dance concert, like people it's so difficult because then you grow up not having those opportunities, but then you also have in the back of your head, people telling, Oh, you're going to study dance. Also, what are you going to do with that degree? Oh, are you going to be able to dance until like you're older? So when you get, once you get injured, what are you going to do? Well, let me tell you what I can do, you know, and it's, I was always having a plan and it's not that the plan A, B, C is going to work. You just got to be prepared for what is thrown at you, you know? Prepared. I think that's the thing that a lot of dancers aren't prepared. And I think that we do need to be educating the younger generation like you're mm -hmm. doing on what are you going to do next? Because that time will come. Mm -hmm. Let's prepare you mentally that you can't dance your whole life, but you can be in the arts your whole life. Let's, let's, Absolutely. let's prepare for that transition that will inevitably come. Yeah. And I love what you said, uh, can destroy you or build you. You decide. Yeah. So you had a documentary, yeah? Yes. Tell, tell me about it. So it's a short, it's more like a docu-series. It's like only like nine minutes. Um, when I moved to the States, I started going back to school. Um, and I met a friend, Lucy. She's uh, from Mexico, but she's in, in Vegas. And then um, we talked, you know, I am, I'm an open book. I always talk to people. You know, I've known you for a while now. And, you know, I'll just like talk to everyone. And then one day she comes back to school and she say, hey, uh, my, my fiance wants to do a documentary about your, your life. And I'm like, what? About my life? I was like, what do I do? And she's like, well, you'd be surprised. And I'm like, but I never, I, I haven't even met him. His name is Ernesto. Uh, he's from Cuba. He lives in Vegas. And then I said, absolutely. He was like, well, he wants to go more like towards your, uh, what happened with your health when you were 21 and all that. And I'll get into it. And, and I said, okay, let's meet. So I sit down with him and say, hey, these are the points that, you know, Lucy has been telling me about you. So I know you had two heart attacks when you were 21. I know you stopped dancing. And, and I'm like speechless. I'm like, I just met this guy. And he's like literally telling me in my face all these things. And I'm like, yeah. 
So the documentary just talks about a little bit how I, I turn around again, it builds you or destroys you. That's what I said. Um, I started, I said earlier, doing theater super young. Then I started dancing when I was 14, 15. And then I started um, assisting in my classes, working with kids with uh, Down syndrome, autism, and all that. And one day, uh, my first day of summer camp in 2008, uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, my family, my mom and dad were going through a divorce. I was, you know... um, coming out and I was having all these feelings, you know, and, you know, I'm 21. I'm trying to like figure out what the heck am I doing? And I couldn't sleep that night. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And then next thing I wake up, I'm like having a heart attack. Like I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was passing out. Then long story short, I spent two weeks in the hospital. So the documentary talks about how I went through that depression of not being able to teach, move. Like I I can never do a routine that I used to do before. And he was like, I want, I want to connect like how you convert that experience into something positive and how you're passing that to your students now. You know what I'm trying to say to teach them? Hey, listen, I was a dancer. I was doing theater. I was doing musical theater. I was acting. This happened to me and this is how to turn around. Now what I dedicate my life to is teaching traveling, getting my experience to other people. So when whoever gets to be in a situation like mine, know that there's always an option for you, you know? So it's only nine minutes and just talks about that and about my students and how we feel about each other and how we spend time in the, in the studio, choreographing and all that. It's, it's super simple, but it's really meaningful. Like I, those are one of the highlights in my life and it's not the documentary, it was more how he came to me without even knowing me. He heard about, about me through his fiance that I was going to school with. So to me, that was like crazy exciting, I'll say. Oh, what a meaningful message. I'm so glad that was recorded. I, I've yeah. got to watch this. I can't believe I haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it, is it a public video or? It's, I have the link. It's, um, it's on Vimeo. That's okay. how you say it. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. So, um, uh, it, it made it to three festivals already. I think one, one, there were twice in Vegas. I was able to be on those. And then with the Q and A at the end. So it was super cool. And I think they took it into another one in the Midwest, but of course I wasn't able to go out there for just that. And, um, um, we got a few offers after, like, I mean, that's been, I think it's been almost four years now. And there's a lot of people using it and and I like it. Like every now and then he was like, Hey, someone asked for your documentary. Can I send it? I'm like, absolutely. I don't care. The world <laughs> can see if they want to. It's that's what it's for. Oh, I love, I love that you're inspiring the young generation and telling your story. And we really try, you know, there's, there's like everything there's good and there's bad days. Mm-hmm. There's days that you feel like, Oh my God. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, am I a good teacher? Like, why? Why would I do this? Because, you know, as a teacher, you have to make the tough calls, too. Like, when you have to kick out someone out of your studio, and when you have to, like, tell a dancer, no, you don't get this part. And inside, you're like, I know you could do it, but you don't deserve it. And how I'm human, you know, and I was once in that position. But to me, having a part or having a dance or having a costume or having something that is just a few seconds 
it's it's not as powerful to me that the lesson you're going to learn for the rest of your life mm -hmm. you know and i tell the kids when they get to senior year and i said you remember the times that you cried and you told me that i was mean that i didn't love you i did it because of this because you're here now and i have to tell you several times no you're not doing that no you're not missing that it's not you i don't care you have a test tomorrow you got to be here because okay. then when you go on the real life people won't stop life because of you because yeah. you feel like i'll have a mild cough no like you have to push through yeah so some days are better than others but it's part of the job right there's no job description but if we were to write one I'm pretty sure we could uh, write an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> True <laughs> that. <laughs> so we started off as artists, transitioned to, to corporate, back to artists, and now you have big news. Would you like to yeah. share the big news? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I've been working... Well, I mean, it's not freelance. It's, you know, I've been working with different studios, traveling a lot. And I think as I get older, I almost want to build my own brand. Uh, I always tell my kids, you know, you have to protect your personal brand. It doesn't matter what uniform you're wearing, what hat you're wearing, what company you're working for. There's always you. So if I'm representing A, B, and C company, there's Brian under that uh, uniform. And I think after a few years... I, I feel like I need to build my own space. I need to have my own, my own brand, like have my own name, not my name, you know, but build something that belongs to me where I can make decisions that are going to benefit my students and my team. So coming up soon um, with my two other really good friends, we're opening our own studio um, and we're super excited. You know, it's been almost 14 years now teaching and traveling a lot and I think like it's good to now start like building the roots and finding a space where we can create our own culture you know when you work for other people you learn a lot you know but most of the times you might not always agree and um and then you're just an employee it doesn't matter you're the head person in the department that business doesn't belong to you and um and as a good employee you say okay that's fine. We'll do it that way. But in the back of my head, I'm like, what if we do it this way? And not everyone is always willing to, to bend backwards uh, with you, right? Like um, not always your ideas are going to go through um, and make it a, a, out of side of a meeting. So I'm excited to be in a place where I can put all my ideas and see or craft with my other two friends and come into life. So we're super excited about that. I'll give you more details like once it's really out, but we're super excited. We have big plans and we're looking forward to it. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, Brian. Yeah, I'm oh, super excited, yeah. It's amazing news. I know you're gonna build a legacy. I know you will. You know, we're, 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 we're trying. <laughs> well, you're putting your heart in it you know, and, and that's what's going to make it the beautiful thing that it's going to be. I have no doubt. You know, and to me, I'll go back. And I think when I first moved to the States in 2011, like, I mean, you met me back then. Like, I mean, by no means, I feel like my English is perfect. I, I don't, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. But like the fact that I now get to like build in a place where there used to be a monster, like, I wasn't able to even talk to people for more than 10 minutes. Like, like I, I would have to have like two cocktails in order for me to be like out there, you know? And, um, and the fact that I'm here now, 
makes me think of like, okay, so it's possible. Yeah, and, and I'm super grateful for my former boss, my other former boss and the people that helped me, the people that didn't help me and turned their back on me also, thank you. Like, I mean, that makes me even stronger. So going back and, and picturing the day I moved to Vegas, coming straight from Puerto Rico all the way to the desert, like almost 12 hours trip in a plane, it's like, okay, so it was worth you know, so we're, we're, we're looking forward to, to have a successful journey at that new experience. So. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited too. <laughs> and it just makes me think back to like the, the earlier days when we first met. One of my favorite memories. Can I share it? Yes. One of my favorite memories is uh, me and April, we, my roommate. Yeah. We had a, was it a Cinco de Mayo party? <laughs> do you remember <laughs> yeah and uh there were a lot of tacos and margaritas to be had and uh you and i were salsa dancing for like i felt like an hour and it was <laughs> it was amazing like i just i loved dancing with you and oh. it just it it lit me up i know it lit you up and we it was just such a happy memory I have. I have the video, by the way. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Somebody filmed it for like 30 seconds. It's a great That's video. That's awesome. So how can people find you? So on Instagram, I am under Brian Mueca, which is B-R-I-A-N-M-U-E-C-A. Okay. That's it. All right. That's Brian Moika. That's where I put all my work. I book all the uh, the job for like choreo- uh, choreography and all that kind of stuff. And I keep, I try to post often about my dances and what we're doing and our plans and photo shoot with the students and all that kind of stuff. So that's where you can see all the action there. Beautiful. <laughs> and I'll link the, if you send me the documentary, I'll, I'll link it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll put it there so people can watch it too. Yes. Woohoo. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you so much for, for coming and doing this, Brian. Of I so course, it's my it. pleasure. Anytime, anytime for you. Any yeah. last thoughts? I just want to say uh, thank you. Thank you for you to, uh, for having this platform for artists uh, be able to express um, what we go through daily and how um, changes can be really tough, but also like worth, you know, and and I just um, want to encourage everyone out there, you know, people that do painting uh, or singing, acting, like whatever it is that you do, you know, some people decide not to do it full time. Some people decide just to do both. And but I I want to tell people just to dig in into a little bit more into their heart, into their feelings uh, when it comes to the art. You know, art can heal souls broken souls and it can keep us alive and and during these times right now through what we're going through art can be our only way out so just try to really dive into like your 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 side of your brain that is artistic and just play with it try to be free try to express yourself and just do what you do best you know there's not there's no other artist like you like me we're all so unique and i think the world needs a little bit of our art out there so that's it. Beautiful. I love those last words. Thank you so much, Brian. All it's right. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's Priscilla Pfeiffer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, leave a comment so I can reach more people like you. And go to sparkyourinnerfire.com. I have a special gift for you. Go check it out.